I ever tell you I almost bought a few thousand dollars of Apple stock back in 1990? I could have been sitting in my bathrobe in the penthouse of a Las Vegas hotel room instead of recording this radio show with you right now. Well, Robert, I'd look on the bright side. I mean, with your drinking habits, you'd be leaving Las Vegas like Nicolas Cage. Internet marketing for smart people. Radio. Weekly tips for building and marketing your profitable business online. From copyblogger.com. So I'm asking a question today, Brian, that I see all over the internet. And that is, is it too late? Has, uh, has the internet gold rush passed me by if I haven't already started? You know, have, have all the great online ideas and businesses been, uh, quote unquote, taken? Well, let me respond to that by saying, how ridiculous would you have felt saying in 1958, you know, I think this TV thing, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's played out. You know, everyone's got all the good ideas. It's, it's basically done. You know, forget about it. Yep, yep. Move on. No, I mean, we're really, it, it, I was looking at a, uh, an early television the other day uh, in Wikipedia and was right next to a, a fl- LCD 52-inch flat screen. I'm like, wow. And then my wife looked at it and goes, hey, that old TV is very cool. And I'm like, oh, you're so retro. You know, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just amazing how much has changed, not only with the technology, but in the programming and the sophistication uh, in some areas of of the content. Uh, We also have a bunch of schlock as well. We're in an age that has branched out and diversified so much, even in the realm of network and cable television. Then you come to the internet with none of those barriers to entries and, and you don't have the producers and, and the uh, studios and, and all that apparatus that acts as a gatekeeper uh, and most importantly, a big barrel of cash that was necessary to produce that type of um, entertainment. So I think the opportunities are just starting technologically. We'll look back now and, and kind of giggle, snicker a little bit. Um, and, and that rate of change is actually exponentially faster than you saw television evolve, especially, I mean, look, look at what you can do holding an iPad now compared to when I got in this game 12, 13 years ago. I mean, that's amazing to me if I stop a moment to think about it, but you know, we're too busy looking at the next thing. So I'd say the opportunities are limitless, just like they were in early radio, early television, except in this case, there's two fundamental differences. You can do things, you can get started with less capital and no one has to greenlight you. And the crowd determines what works, what's popular, what you know grows, and not an executive, et cetera. So that really takes care of you. I, mean, I think you get this uh, sometimes at least, you know, people saying, well, that's easy for you to say, you know, you started Copyblogger back in January of two, 2006. I mean, that's a really basically levels that complaint, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I complain about the people that started in 94, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because back then you could have like some ASCII text document that made a fortune apparently, you know, who knows for, for yeah. sure. But yeah, no, when people say, uh, they, I always get this question and they're like, you know, is it too late? I'm like, no, these are early days, but 
the issue is, you know, you've got to be good. I mean, every time they say, well, there's 500 million blogs out there, how will you compete? And I'm like, no, there's about, you know, four good blogs. No, <laughs> there's <laughs> no. There, there are a lot of great blogs or a lot of great online properties, et cetera. But I'm saying is don't look at 500 million like that's your competition. Most mm. of that is schlock. Yeah, either non-existent, abandoned, you know, most of it, right? But then even the stuff that's being worked on, I mean, come on. It is it is a small percentage that's really highly competitive. We're going to get into competition later in this talk, but... Um, I, I've even heard you say, I'm going to, I'm going to out you a little bit in conversations we've had where you have, maybe you were joking, but you said, you know what, I have to prove this once and for all, I'm going to start some, uh, blog or website or company under, uh, you know, a pen name, um, uh, just to prove that it can be done just to prove that that is a, a really dumb thing to think. Yeah. I mean, I, I have said that before and, um, we're actually working on some stuff like that that won't be under necessarily the copy blogger brand. We're working behind the scenes with with stakes and things uh, as producers. So I don't want care about proving anything to anyone. But you know, <laughs> there's so much opportunity out there right now, and there's so many interesting projects that are out there right now. Um, and I can't say no if it's something cool. So yeah, we're out there getting it done right now. Yeah, already doing it. So the other side of this coin is the the kind of the constant talk of, you know, selling shovels to miners. You look at the old uh, Klondike Gold Rush, and uh, what happened there. Uh, it's been said that the only people that made any real money were the ones selling uh, selling the shovels and the pickaxes and the equipment to the miners that were heading out. And what's your take on? Uh, another popular idea that that it's only those who are teaching people how to make a living online that are actually the ones making a living online. Yeah, that's that's another ridiculous assertion. I've got plenty. I mean, you know, from the from the newbie standpoint, I can see how it's easy to think that way. For those of us who've been doing this for a long time, and we have friends who are in the truly profitable markets online. We don't, I mean, we're doing very well. Don't get me wrong. And I'm very blessed for Copy Blogger Media. But, you know, I've got friends that are crushing it and they don't put up with stupid comments and, you know, hecklers on Twitter and stuff like that. They're like, I can't believe you put up with that stuff. And I'm like, I can't believe I do either, you know, which is why I'm interested in doing marketing some, a lot more these days than I am about talking about it. Um, but you got to remember when I first started copy blogger, it was just to demonstrate what I was good at, um, in order to partner with people to do, you know, for profit websites, right? It wasn't necessarily to grow copy blogger media into what it's become, but that's, that's what happened, you know? And again, I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying, if you think, you know, that we're in a gold rush right now, you missed the late nineties. I was in Austin then. Trust me, that was the gold rush. And then it all fell apart. This is a much more stable environment. This is business as usual. There is no gold rush. But what you know, whether you're trying to radically grow an offline business by using techniques that your competition doesn't online, or you're looking to start something purely virtual like, like we now are, it's never been more accessible. It, that doesn't mean you can put crap out there, but it doesn't mean anyone's holding you back either. Yeah, and that's uh, actually pretty 
fairly inspiring because it's, it's good to remember that CopyBlogger exists in a highly competitive arena, right? Highly competitive niche. One of, one of the most competitive out there online. Not only that, but I mean, trying to market to people by teaching them to market and being transparent about it is a very dicey thing. You know what I mean? Here, here's how you persuade people to buy using uh, emotional oh, yeah. uh, persuasion. Yep. Uh, and, and then, and oh yeah, we're doing that to you right now. Buy this. Um, mm. And I, if we weren't transparent, it, we wouldn't be able to do it at all, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, but that's what makes it educational and, and why I think we have a strong community of people um, in addition to obviously trying really, really hard to make sure that uh, we put out good products and also t- paying attention to feedback. And if we didn't get something right, constantly trying to make everything better, you know. So it's a business like any other, um, but I think there's a lot of businesses out there who don't try as hard, half as hard as we do. You know, there's a, a lot of you know, especially kind of legacy offline businesses where it's just kind of show up. It's been in the family forever or whatever. It's, a, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's basically administration, business administration. That to me sounds like a death march. Yeah. So what about competition? I think a lot of us tend to think that we've got to have this wide open, you know, totally untouched niche in order to profit. You know, I'm thinking about especially the, like a small business, local small business. Well, there's a hundred, uh, you know, attorneys in my town, or there's a, there's a thousand real estate agents in my town. You know, how am I going to compete? Uh, you know, a, a really great real estate agent's not going to say that in the first place, but, um, for those that, that do, it's like this idea that I need to do something that has not been done when really it's, it's the other way around, isn't it? Well, yeah, if it's not been done, um, there's probably because there's no money in it most of the time. You know, and also when when in seemingly entirely new product lines or things seem to just appear out of nowhere, it's really just an improvement upon something that already exists, uh, satisfying an existing desire in a better way. And everyone points to Apple as, wow, Apple just invented markets for things. I'm like, no, they didn't. They made a better MP3 player. Then they made a better phone, uh, smartphone, you know, I mean, mm. they were never the first in anything except for the iPad. And really, I'm sure someone put out a tablet at some point. But, you know, what Apple does is make what people want in an outrageously desirable way. And it's not because they just invented it out of nowhere. It's like Steve goes, I can make a better MP3 player than that. So you've already kind of touched on this. But what is the reason that this might actually be a better time to start than even, you know, in 2006 when you started? Like it was, you know, back then it was the wild, wild west, like figuring things out on the fly. But um, there are some reasons why you might be better off getting started now, right? Oh, yeah. In 2006, Twitter and Facebook weren't there. Um, Now they're mainstream. So you've got this incredible, I mean... That's the biggest thing that's happened since I started with CopyBlogger. Now, remember, from 98 to about 2005, um, well, 98 to 2001, there was really not too much of a blogging thing. And then um, blogs started to show up really just as a way to publish. And then it became a movement. Then it became more commercial, et cetera. You know, so you've seen this evolution 
where other people were able to pass your message along for you if they found it attractive or agreeable or cool or whatever. Now you have mainstream content distribution networks, Twitter and Facebook, where everyone's in on it. Now, not everyone was going to blog. You know, Not everyone is going to create content. That's still true today. Most people won't, but that's where the opportunity is. Because those larger pieces of content, so to speak, are what people are linking to and passing around, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can only converse and, and share cat videos so much. It's, right. um, it's the other cool stuff. And that's why, you know, and it's so fragmented, too. So even if someone's doing something reasonably similar to you, you've got your own unique voice, your own unique take. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, it, it's not like in this day and age you're going to reach everyone. Those days are gone. Mass media is gone, even with television. You know, there are very few events. The Super Bowl. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, things like uh, the Oscars, maybe um, some European um, soccer matches. I mean, there's very little that gets multi, multi millions of people watching at one time. Those yeah. days are done. Yeah. And the other thing I think about with this is I remember specifically like in 05 and 06, how much time I spent just trying to figure out like WordPress or, um, you know, certain kind of mailing list, uh, software or whatever it was that was going on that I was working on. Like a, a lot of time, I know you did things kind of differently, but a lot of time was spent on these things that needed to be done, but really, uh, you know, ultimately you got to get on with business if you're going to do it. And, yeah. uh, now, I mean, there's so many things, it's almost like turnkey, you know, solutions for people to just get online and get in the game. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, when I first switched over to WordPress in 2005, I mean, to me it was fantastic. But when you think about it, how compared to what it is now, it was primitive. You know, you didn't have the easy widget stuff. You didn't have a premium WordPress market, which we are obviously now a big part of. So, you know, now for instead of a thousand dollars, you can pay, you know, $60 and get a killer design, you know? I mean, so there's so much more that you're empowered to do, but there's also an entire ecosystem of people who can help you. I mean, I had the hardest time before um, starting Copyblogger with my first couple WordPress blogs trying to get a competent designer. It was really a nightmare, Hmm. you know? Um, And now, of course, there are entire you know, just cultures of design professionals who understand WordPress, who understand certain design frameworks. So for for the business-minded person, the the entrepreneur, if you will, what I like to call the, the 21st century online um, entrepreneur, they think like a content producer. They think like a media producer first because that's how you get your business model in front of someone, you know. Who knew five or six years ago that we would primarily sell software? I mean, I wanted to. I dreamed of that. I looked at 37 Signals and I said, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. And it was content that allowed me to do that because I still couldn't code line one <laughs> of, yeah, right, of right. anything that we've built, <laughs> right? But it was the content that attracted an audience that allowed me to get things done and build an entire organization. So uh, that's still doable today. 
you don't want to imitate people though. You want to be unique. Have just because it's the same niche or topic doesn't mean it's an imitation. And and I see a lot of people who just straight up imitate and it's it's annoying, but uh yeah. Not really because they don't get a lot of attention. Yeah, it's not going to do you any damage. Yeah, so let's talk real briefly about business models and not not specifically about uh, some of the models, the basic models that are uh, available to people online, but more kind of what fuels them. Yeah, well, you're not going to get any of that done without content in in some form or fashion. Um, you know, and everyone equates content with advertising. And I think the Internet has shown that to be extremely difficult. And yet that's all so-called traditional media seems to be able to get their head around. You know, they cannot get their head past that to a certain degree. I, I do see, obviously, experimentation with other models. But, you know, it, everyone's everyone in, in, in big media is looking at the tablet to save advertising because you can you have more control over the ads. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just seems to me that they're, they're struggling to put something back in the box. that's already out, you mm-hmm. know, and those of us who aren't hampered by a, a legacy business model, just see infinite possibilities, you know, for, again, with us, once you start building your own products, it's very difficult to ever look seriously at, you know, another model because that gives you the most control without being a service business. Right. Yeah. Um, but what interests me most, um, if, if I were starting out today, other than that, of course, would be this huge opportunity to partner, not as an advertising relationship, but to really go out and partner with offline businesses, uh, especially at the hyper-local level, and say, look, I'll bring you business. How are we going to divide up? You know, What do I get if I bring you business? In a couple of the projects that... Uh, that I mentioned earlier, that's exactly what we're doing. I'd love to do a lot more, but you know, you only have so much bandwidth before you have to go to sleep <laughs> like every other third day. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's so much opportunity right now. I actually feel a bit pissed off <laughs> that I'm so busy all the time because I can't do, I see cool stuff and I'm like, I want to go do that. And, hmm. but I have a company to run and I'm not going to throw it off the rails to chase every little rabbit, but I don't know if, if you're not seeing the same thing out there, uh, I think one thing I'm blessed with is observation and judgment as far as uh, ever since those first two or three years when I struggled um, and I didn't understand marketing and I didn't understand business. um, Once I got past that, I saw opportunity everywhere and it used to cause me a lot of stress because I didn't know which one to follow. And then I just chose one and, and, and went with it. And then I did it again, you know, and, and that's where I am today. Now we're, we built a company to where we literally can branch out into new fields. Um, we just, I just want to be smart about it. I mean, that's my job, first and foremost, to keep all of you fed and sheltered. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's actually a really interesting position that you're in because you do see all this opportunity. It's only after, you know, building something uh, good and to a certain size, you know, in this case, but 
now you see it, it only opens your your eyes and your mind to other possibilities. So in that sense, going back to kind of the start of the conversation, really is limitless. Right. This, this platform, both on the distribution side, on the working side, on the communication side, it's it's limitless. Well, here's the interesting thing, and this is what has kept uh, or or put Copyblocker Media on the path it's on. It's not that you just see opportunity out there. Opportunity comes to you. Hmm. Once you've created that, you've created an audience that, of course, has immense value for the right additional products and services or whatever, um, and you... And because of that audience, you've become an authority on your topic or, you know, cart before the horse, which one is which, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but it's, it's definitely there. Audience and authority go together. We've had so many opportunities come to just walk up to us that it's hard to go chase after something, right? So to that degree, I am being pragmatic. Um, and again, I'm not complaining one bit. It's wonderful when people come to us with something cool or an existing product or whatever. And they're like, Hey, let's do a deal. So we're talking about content. We're talking about also, as you just brought up again, authority, which is, uh, yeah, chicken or egg. What is it? But maybe it is the key, you know, the development of authority, specifically becoming an authority, uh, yourself or, or your business becoming an authority in order to gain, you know, the trust of your readers and prospects. What, um, What's going on with Authority these days, right? We got a little, uh, a, a pretty big project going on over at Authority Rules. Yeah, so we are doing the latest and greatest in virtual conferences called Authority Rules. If, if you're not familiar with the concept, you know, most conferences you've got to get on a plane, uh, get a hotel, spend a lot of money on cabs and, and meals and drinks and, and all that good stuff. The great thing about the level that uh, that technology has progressed with broadband and and webinar software and, and all this good stuff is is the rise of the virtual conference, which we've seen over the last two or three years. So we're putting on our first one called Authority Rules, and we've got some great people like David Meerman Scott, John Chance, uh, Lee Auden, Michael uh, Port, Michael Port, very well respected business author, me and Sonia Brogan, Darren Rouse. Brian Eisenberg, and I'm leaving people out, I'm sure, I just off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, we just opened up the doors yesterday to to the conference, and we've got some early bird pricing going on. So I'm not going to give you a big pitch, but, but this is basically the foundation of my last business and everything I learned there and applied to building copy or media. So Okay, cool. And we'll, uh, we'll link to that in the show notes, of course, as always. But um, unless you have anything else, let's put this one in the can, man. I think uh, that's a poor choice of words, but uh, <laughs> was it that bad? I mean, <laughs> I hope not. We don't put it in the can. We put it somewhere else. <laughs> that's the old, I'm old school, right? Right. You are. Well, we want to thank, as always, everybody out there for listening uh, to us week after week. You know, if this, uh, if this little show does anything for you, one of the best ways uh, to show your appreciation is to head on over to iTunes and give us a rating and a, a comment over there. Um, and if you've got any questions on what uh, Brian and I have been talking about or comments, uh, go ahead and drop a note in the comment section of uh, this show's post on copyblogger.com. And uh, all right, man. Brian, thanks. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya. 
Internet marketing for smart people. Radio, weekly tips for building and marketing your profitable business online. From copyblogger.com.